The Bulletin. It's 18 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Tom Bartlett joins me for the Bulletin uh, from New South. Hello, Mr. Bartlett. Good morning, Daniel McCarthy. How are you? I'm, I'm uh, a nervous wreck because I've just switched over to Sky Sport 2 and the All Blacks are doing the hucker ahead of the 1995 Rugby World Cup final. <laughs> South Africa standing on halfway, creeping ahead of halfway. James Small looks the angriest man alive. Um, oh, yeah. Um, wow, Cobra's visa. Cobra's visa is creeping forward. The man mountain. He looks bigger than Jonah because he is. Yeah. Oh, oh, the memories, eh? Tom, oh, the memories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a, um, I love the history of the game, and I remember very clearly the 95 World Cup final, getting up in the middle of the night with uh, my dad as a 13 or 14-year-old. I remember crying full-time uh, because we hadn't won. Um, and I remember Jonah and thinking, why couldn't he do what he did against England against South Africa? All these, uh, very clear in my mind as a, as a, young, as a young boy, you know, growing up, watching that game, what a final that was and what a moment that was. Uh, and it's unbelievable. It's hard to believe, Daniel. It's been 28 years since that that yeah. game. I, I find it sort of staggering that the Springboks and the All Blacks have not fired for a final against each other in all that time. It's it's quite unbelievable, really. Yeah, and that's why I'm so excited for it. And I know people in other parts of the rugby globe are, aren't particularly fired up for it, but, you know, two most successful sides meeting for the first time in 28 years. It's a, it's a, it's a barnstormer. I, I don't have any memories of that final. I think I'm suffering PTSD. Uh, we briefly talked about this on the show last week. We'll, we'll ask our, our listeners um, tomorrow if they've got any memories of it. But right now, the here and the now, uh, World Rugby, interesting time to drop a hugely significant piece of news as far as changing the landscape of the modern game. Uh, not in the near term, and not with real matter of urgency, not from 2026 onwards. You know, newsman that you are, how big a deal is this, Tom? Yeah, look, uh, there's so much talk about, isn't it? The global calendar and all this kind of jazz. I mean, it's not really a global calendar, is it? I mean, it's uh, yes, we've got some some uniformity there around a couple of competitions, but I don't like hearing that phrase, global calendar, because that would suggest that everybody starts playing at one time of the year and they finish at the same time of the year, which this is not happening. This is still, we still have um, rugby played in different hemispheres at different times. It's not like football when the calendar has been uniform. So I think that's important uh, tonight. This is not a... And in fact, you know what, it doesn't, from a New Zealand perspective, Daniel, it doesn't, doesn't change a lot. We're still going to play Six Nations teams in July. We're still going to play them in November. The, the bigger issue with this announcement today is around the, the second tier teams, the Samoa, Tonga, um, you know, the South Americans, the, the, the tier two nations, and the impact this has on, on them. And clearly they are not happy with what they've been presented. They want to play games against uh, the top tier nations, and this isn't going to help them. So, um, you know, it's a it's a funny one, isn't it, to drop it in the week of a World Cup final. I suppose they realised they had the the eyes of the world rugby media on them. Uh, this was the time to make uh, to make that announcement, uh, to have the discussion about it. But uh, it certainly leaves uh, a few questions there. It's not like it's a stunning revelation that this competition's been signed off, but. I can see and I sense the frustration that's going to come out of those second-tier nations, particularly after what we saw in the World Cup with the Portugals and the Uruguays and those kind of countries, that, that this is not going to help them. Yeah, hard to win them over when you say to them, hey, but wait, you get a chance of promotion. Let me check my notes. In 2030. Seven years away. I mean, crikey. Crikey, it's seven years away. Like, Why are we waiting for seven years? <laughs> I know that these things oh, too hard take basket. a while to get through, but... It's too hard. Mate, that is exactly it. It's too hard to, 
to kind of get it together. I mean, they're not launching this, of course, until, as you say, 2026. So there's some time to go yet. But um, to then say, oh, by the way, we need another four years to try to sort out what, uh, oh, it just, it probably tells you everything you need to know about where the mindset is around really the development of the tier two nations. And, and it's not, World Rugby's not trying. I'm sure there are some smart guys and, and men and women in that in that organisation that are trying to work out the best way to develop this stuff, but uh, you can't help um, but uh, kind of nod along when you hear the likes of Gus Bichot and those guys saying it's the rich getting richer. It, it, it kind of feels a bit like that, doesn't it? Certainly uh, the top teams are getting... Uh, it's all sorted. The top 12, we're all good. No problem. Nothing to see here. Uh, the rest, hey, um, come to the World Cup every four years um, and join the party, but uh, I can see why they would walk away thinking, well, thanks, thanks, but no thanks. I know you're feeding yourself um, like a madman at the buffet of the Cricket and Rugby World Cup, so are you more nervous oh, about yeah. the Black Caps or the All Blacks? <laughs> um, oh, great question, great question. I'm, all, I'm always nervous about the Black Caps. I always will be, I think. Um, that's yeah. Yeah. Ingrained. Yeah. That's another one I've been yeah. ingrained over yeah. many years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> perhaps I've got more confidence about Sunday morning, um, although I'm not entirely sure how, how Sunday morning's going to go. Um, but in terms of the, the cricketers, um, I suppose at this point we've, we can afford to drop games and we can still make the semi-final. So uh, not the same amount of nerves, but I would love us to get over the top of Australia this weekend and just, just calm all the kind of possible semi-final jitters that I feel... Uh, are already starting after the loss to India, having India in a position where you could could have beaten them, and then to not do that, it just leaves you slightly exposed if you have a couple of bad performances and and you leave it all down to that one game against Sri Lanka to sneak in. So um, it would be great, wouldn't it, if the Black Caps could um, just settle a few nerves in the early hours of Sunday morning New Zealand time ahead of the Rugby World Cup final by putting one up over the Aussies? Wouldn't that be nice? Why couldn't Jonah get the bounce of the ball in the final from the Graham Bashup pass unlike the semi final? Yeah. For uh, you know, ah. Uh... I don't, I don't oh, remember that. Go, I, I don't remember that, but, but now I do. Now I, so I've just seen it. Anyway, I'm, you know you're I'm gonna, You know you're going to remember all this stuff. You know you're going to remember. It's all these bad memories are going to come. But you shouldn't watch that game. I tell you, that was a foolish mistake. Oh, brilliant. Eight, eight nine moved on the right hand Eight, nine move. Oswald makes a break. The continuity. Fantastic. Wide pass. Ball bounces high over Jonah's head. He would have sprinted in and scored. Anyway, uh, Australia aren't out of it. South Africa aren't out of it. Uh, South Africa rolling on, India near the top, New Zealand. Is that the final four? I, 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 for me, it is already. Um, I find already that Pakistan are going to struggle. I think we saw they're just not quite firing. They've got some wonderful players, but they just seem to not be quite clicking at the moment, and that, that loss they had to Afghanistan hasn't helped them. And then you've got a collection of teams uh, that are hovering that I just don't think are going to probably cancel each other out, and that's why that four that you mentioned probably are likely to be. I mean, who who knows? Someone goes on a run, and that, that can happen, but uh, it feels even at this point, unlike 2019, Daniel, where it felt like there are a lot there are a lot of more teams hovering in that sort of five, six, seven positions at this stage that were very much in it. There's almost a little bit of a separation. Um, I mean, South Africa looks pretty good, don't they? India, there's no way they're missing out. Um, Australia are always there or thereabouts, and New Zealand are doing enough and have done enough already to get themselves into a position where really they really don't need a couple more wins and they're there. So uh, it feels a bit like the four are locked in. But sport's a funny thing, isn't it? The bounce of the ball, as you just said, with Jonah. Yeah. Uh, Kiwis, Australia, sort of, sort of sliding under the radar because of the World Cups. But boy, oh boy, I think we're going to be first when that comes around. Quite a statement by the Kiwis putting 50 on Toa Samoa. I know Toa Samoa had to play in back-to-back weeks, but this is going to be an awesome game this weekend. Should be, shouldn't it? It's got all the, 
the makings of it. I mean, that Kiwi's performance, you can only, you know, I mean, I know it's a sporting cliche and you hear all the things, you can only play what's in front of you and they, they play what's in front of them pretty damn well uh, uh, in the weekend. Uh, and the Kangaroos, I mean, remember Michael Maguire, you know, yeah, it's not a great record in terms of the head-to-head against the Kangaroos, pretty much owned by Australia, but, you know, they, they didn't exactly get thumped in that semi-final of the World Cup last year, and they've put a good performance. They'll be feeling good about things. They've got some players, obviously, in that Kiwis team who are coming off big NRL seasons, very successful NRL seasons, um, and there's some confidence in that squad. So if I was uh, the Kangaroos, I'd be just having a little look over my shoulder and thinking, yeah, we, we need to be up for this because... Um, uh, they're coming. I'll, I'll be ready. So should be a cracker. Um, how much money would I have to give you, Tom Bartlett, as we wrap this up, to run 540 k's um, and three and a half days with virtually no sleep? I'm talking about the Kiwi, uh, Sam Harvey, who's trying to break the world record at the Backyard Ultra Marathon World Championships in the United States. He's going to run basically for three and a half days. Oh, Jesus. Um how much money? Not I don't know if there the is an amount. All the money in the world? I don't, I don't think even that. I just think I'd be going you know, to get bit busy living. You know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> more to the... What's he running from? I mean, that like That's what I'd tremendous, like to know. Tremendous. What's he running from? Okay, Sam, I mean, what are you running from, mate? Let, let's get to the root of the issue. <laughs> I feel like that's a good question. If I had something that I was running from and I was prepared to run 540k, I like the hell it was. I like to think it was pretty scary. So um, everyone's got their motivation. I mean, talk about human endurance. The, the human, um, you know, body can do amazing things. I, I hope you can walk at the end of it. That's all I'll say. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate your time. Go enjoy it. All good. Thanks, mate.